We just we sit here and we'll talk forever. Well, I can do that too. Okay, then let's just do that. Hi, welcome to Life of the Brand. I'm Tyler McKnight. This is Stephen Pence, and today we have a very special guest. Her name is Christiana Yebra. There it is. So I had to practice her name for like five <laughs> minutes. Um, and and we actually met her um, uh, through business. We were we were trying to find um, some new client avenues, and and we knew her from a previous job we worked on, and yeah. uh, it's with a company called Reshape. And if you want, you can go into a little bit about how we met, and then a little bit about what you do on the side, which is really the reason we brought you here. Yeah. Go for it. So full time, Reshape is a uh, is a startup based in uh, Southern California. And we focus on a device, well, actually multiple devices used to combat the obesity epidemic. So I think we met working on an intragastric balloon that's used for right. weight loss, right. um, which is super sexy. Um, but it's been very helpful in right. a non-surgical approach for, uh, for weight loss uh, here in the United States, which is good. But they we have a really beautiful brand, and I think we wanted to work with you guys to help mm -hmm. us find more patients. Yep. So that was, that was our big project. Um, but that's my full-time job, so I help lead business development for the South for that. So I, I train the physicians clinically, and then I also help them with uh, marketing and patient. And by South, you mean Texas? All of Texas, Mississippi, and Louisiana. You said this mass. I think when I met you guys, I had like the West, which started right, right. in Western Pennsylvania and yeah, went over. It was Minnesota. It oh, was nuts. Super I was West. going, yeah, I was going all over the place. I helped build that field marketing team. So then right. they hired many me's. And I got to zone in on my territory, and then with this new job, uh, doing business development, I just have Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi. Okay. Um, so it's my full-time gig, uh, but on the side. Yeah, what's back a side in, hustle? <laughs> side hustles. I have a lot of side hustles. Uh, <laughs> uh, side hustle number one. I have the Dallas Millennial Club. I'm a co-founder and the lead on marketing for that. Mm -hmm. I've got a marketing and business development strategy group called Currency, which is a play on my initials. Oh, oh just also, on money. Well, that. <laughs> but then uh, I used to joke. People used to ask me for advice, and I'd say, Yeah, sure, but bring me a, a tea, like a sweet mm -hmm. tea, as uh, as payment. You know, they'd ask me a quick question, like, tea is my currency. So I used to joke with that, and then I looked at it, oh, and okay. CY is all over currency. So I started mm -hmm. using that, and then adding value to somebody's company was currency. That's pretty clever. So, Very clever. Uh, so clever. So here's a question. Yeah. I, are, you, are you done? I'm sorry. Uh, I think so. Okay. I don't think I have anything else. Do you identify yet. as a millennial? I do. I used to be very... Please don't call me that. That's not why, you know, there was such a negative connotation around it. And then I just owned it. And I was like, you right. know what? That's why I own hipster, nerd, yeah. whatever you want to call nerd. me. It was the same thing. Yeah. It was like the nerd. Yeah. I got it. That's you're, totally fun. You're a conscious, conscientious objector. Yeah, first know. episode, if, if you guys have even watched that far back, I actually <laughs> called myself a conscientious, a conscientious there you objector go. <laughs> to traditional millennialism. Oh. How yeah. do you feel today after feel? 20 more episodes or so? I'm warming to it. <laughs> I'm warming to it. It's not there, but I, you know, I'm. I, I just don't like to, you know, put myself in a in a in a spot. I don't. I, I don't want to put a square peg in a round hole. I have that tattooed on my body. Um, <laughs> and it actually fits, so it is a square peg in a round hole. Anyways, um, so you're a millennial, and you have not one but two side hustles and a yeah. full-time job, which oh, requires yeah. you to travel all the time. Yeah. Um, how do you do it all? What 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 drives you? What drives you? Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a couple of things. I think for Reshape, I think what keeps me energized and excited is we're really providing a great tool for patients. And uh, before I got hired with the company, I asked a lot of questions around, is it safe? Is this something that I'd recommend to a friend or a sister or a mom, whoever? Mm -hmm. And uh, so I really believe in what we're doing. Um, so I love that. That comes really easy. 
working on the side hustles, I think, just keeps me feeling young and like I'm ahead of, or I guess I'm in tune with what's happening in Dallas or in the country. And by having these other uh, companies, I get to stay ahead of the game when it comes to marketing. I don't fall behind or with events or what's happening in the space, different brands that are coming out. And so having those different groups is really valuable in, in staying kind of connected, not only in Dallas, but uh, beyond. Right. Like here in Lubbock. So do you, do you think the Dallas market is an explosive market for that millennial group? Because, you know, people think of it as this is where all the DFW moms are and you got all this, you know, old oil money. And now it's kind of become a real hub. Yeah. And you got Austin, you got Lubbock. Have you uh, been to Dallas? There's no oil money to, there. You know what I mean. Yeah. It's Texas. Everybody has oil money. <laughs> yeah. This is the uh, California oil, view. A little bit. I mean, but... all they had there was the JFK assassination. Yeah. Now they got all this going on. And, you know, do, I mean, do you see it as... as does it have a limit where it can go? Can it can it compete with the New Yorks, the San Franciscos, the Miamis? Yeah, I think for a, a while we were trying to be the next Silicon Valley or right. we were trying to be the next Austin. And what I've always kind of told, I mean, come from the startup community there. It was my yeah. first company was was a startup, tiny little startup in Dallas. And instead of trying to conform with what Austin wanted us to be and what Silicon Valley wanted us to be and, you know, even Seattle and Portland and those, mm-hmm. um, we really pushed against why don't we build Dallas to be its own versus right. trying to conform to what these other kind of startup hubs were. So I think Dallas is different in that we're nicer. I think we have a lot of nice people here. I think so. Um, nice than New Yorkers. <laughs> but we're friendly. There's a it's everything's really central. A lot of big highways to make it easy to get around. And traffic still I mean always sucks. It's but better than Houston and Austin. Right? Better than Houston and Austin. Um, real estate's booming. Property values are incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, it's affordable to live there. And um, we've got the AT&T headquarters is right outside my window mm-hmm. of my mid-rise in downtown. And then we've got Amazon uh, warehouses. Right. And everything's right there. And I think yeah. um, I think it's able to compete. And that's why we I think we were even on the list for Amazon's new right. headquarters, yeah. which right. is an honor to even be considered. Um, but I think it's a great spot for families, but really even more so the, are the millennials and the younger groups. I mean, we bring in, um, especially with our, the Dallas Millennial Club, we've got students from all over the state mm-hmm. graduating from school and then coming back to Dallas right. and then coming to our groups and saying, hey, I want to get, you know, reinvested in, in finding what's best for me here in Dallas. And so I right. want to stay here. So I've had a lot of people, I mean, I travel all the time, but I could live in California if I wanted to or Lubbock if I wanted to, but I choose Dallas um, because it's just really central to what my needs are. Is that your home? Are you from there? Oh, no. I'm a military brat, so I've lived just about everywhere. So I used to just pretend my favorite place where I'd lived was where I was from, but I've lived in Texas as long as I say I'm from here. But uh, but been in Dallas for a couple of years. Okay, so I yeah. Call it, I call it home. And see, so the only reason I asked you that is because um, I, I lived in New York the first two years out of college, yeah. and I actually kind of look back on that as a mistake going to that the biggest market in the United States <laughs> directly out of college, yeah. and then like, oh, I'm going to come here and discover myself and find out what I'm really good at. I get there. The taking, dream. Yeah, take an unpaid internship at a yeah. startup and. I'm working 14, 15 hour days for free yeah. and, and you know, and, and everybody there is, I mean, every day I was told we can come in and find somebody better, more attractive, smarter wow. in every way possible. And, yeah. it, and it was a cutthroat environment and yeah. you know, it, it takes a certain type of individual to do that. And I don't think that Dallas market is probably like that, but yeah. everybody that lived in the New York area, they were transplants. It, I rarely met anybody that was born and raised in Manhattan or born yeah. and raised right. in Brooklyn. Yeah. And is, do you think Dallas is becoming that at, at some point or do you think it's going to be more of a homegrown market that it's going to grow from, from the Texas I think roots. you'll see people coming from, like, they've grown up in Dallas. They leave, go to school, and I always recommend this to the people yeah. that we mentor. And anybody that comes to me in school, I'm like, look, choose a school somewhere else. Get a feel for what's out there. Right. But Dallas is, is a great spot to buy your first home or 
um, join a company or a startup and not have the pressure. New York is it's, it's a lot of pressure. I mean, just walking through the city is a lot to handle. I got lost on my first interview, yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> In the uh, snow. But Dallas is attain- I feel it's like attainable. It's a good spot. I don't yeah. want to call it like an entry, like a, your starter It's a city. gateway. But it's a good spot. And Positive if you, connotation. Yeah. If you find, I mean, like a good group of people, good networks, good companies to work with, you could stay there. Mm-hmm. But it's not limiting and that you couldn't get other places quickly yeah. as well. So I, uh, I like it. Sweet. Stick around. I'm a big supporter of Dallas since I was born there. And yeah, I lived there until I was about 20 or 23 nice. something like that but yeah <laughs> uh, you can read in his biography um, <laughs> but let's let's get down to the nitty-gritty and I'm just gonna open my notes real quick mm. um, and you know you uh, we had a we had a pre-production phone call um, a few days ago and we, we, we talked over a few things and I just wanted to get your your viewpoints on examples of some brands that have really adapted to this millennial mindset and the digital mindset and and you know who those are and, and where they could possibly get, and then you know, obviously there's some that aren't adapters. We have we talked about a great example the other day. Um, there, what was this? The leather company mm-hmm. that they didn't think cars would last, so they said we're not going to put our leather in cars. Oh, so this they just like stuck with saddles. Yeah. And, like but they were they were the world's largest largest manufacturer of leather, yeah. and they made that fatal error not to conform, and their business went Complete. went out. So, mm-hmm. you know especially in an age like we're in right now that moves yeah. so quick. I mean, every day there's a new technology. There's yeah. a new there's a new update to the Snapchat app that's pissing everybody off, <laughs> and I can't stop hearing about it. And I don't even open the app anymore. Yeah, me I don't even know how to find anything. Me neither. I don't even know if I could open the app. I don't know. Is it still yellow with a ghost? I think so, yeah. hopefully. I have no um, problems with it. But, but I'm, just I'm, I'm just a big fan of, of the traditional social networks of Instagram yeah. and Facebook, but I digress. Um, so what, you know, what, who do you think is doing it well right now? Uh, there are a couple of people that come to mind. I uh, have a couple of friends who work for the dating app Bumble, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. and I've never <laughs> used it, but I I liked their approach and that girls have to talk to the guys right, first, which I thought was really Sadie cool. Hawkins, that's what they should have called yeah. it. I like Bumble better. I think yeah, it's a good Bumble's name. less fifties. <laughs> Fine. Uh, cool branding, but I, I liked that approach, and that's something that they took. I mean, there's all kinds of dating is out there, but they took a new approach to it, which I think was attractive to people. Mm-hmm. They just launched this really cool uh, secondary app, which is called Bumble Biz. Have you heard about this? Is it for businesses to find? It's for businesses. <laughs> it's like LinkedIn. There's no dating component to it. It's not oh. like guys reaching out to. Damn. And it's not. <laughs> darn. Uh, but it's really for girls. To, I mean, because they have Bumble friends too, so they can right. go and meet your girlfriends on Bumble. Um, hmm. But the business component, I think they were trying to find this healthier option to LinkedIn. Um, <laughs> by swiping, by helping you find people who have similar um, interests oh, cool. inside of work and outside. So looking for your next co-founder or developer. Oh, and, interesting. Um, and so it's more of a job search. Yeah, it's really interesting. But I, I really like that because LinkedIn for me cool. has kind of lost some of its touch. Mm-hmm. Um, I get yep. very confused with the algorithm and what things show up on my pages and what do, right. why my right. own posts. I don't can't mm-hmm. see if I can't find my own posts. Right. Right. Um, and uh, so I. I liked that they took this, not only the dating app concept and did it better mm-hmm. and made it safer and less weird. And then the, the business component, they really helped um, improve that concept and deliver it in a different right. way. And I like that. So I think brands that are going to last are the ones who can take a concept and do it really well. Or have or the ball to better. try something different. Or yeah, and to completely flip the script. And that's what Bumble did. And I really, I really enjoyed that. Um, Can I interrupt real quick? No, I just remember, too. I remember back in the day, um, the, the mid 2010s. Is that how you say, that you say it? it? We'll call it the 10 years after the, the millennial. Yeah. Okay. Millennial. Um, and millennial. we can probably cut there if we have to. 
Um, but I remember Tinder was trying to get into the advertising game, and they, mm -hmm. what they were doing, and they actually did it pretty interestingly. Domino's signed up for an account, and they would they would have people match with Domino's, and if they swiped right on it, they would get like five dollars off yeah. their next pizza. So Domino's was the first <laughs> one to kind of get into that market. Um, oh yeah. I don't know if they still do that or not. I think there's a lot of brands on Tinder. I don't use Tinder just for the record, yeah. but that's what I've heard. Yeah, and you know, so I think <laughs> that's that's kind of a cool way to to take that dating way into it mm -hmm. and. Almost like this is your marriage to a, a brand, and and you know this is gonna be you're gonna be loyal to them for the rest of your life. Yeah. It's kind of settling and planning that. I don't know about prenups or anything with Domino's, but um, <laughs> I can imagine it's a great payout. Yeah. Um, but garlic knots. Yeah, but yeah, go ahead. That was just that sparked my brain on, yeah. on what they tried to do a while back, and I don't think it worked. But yeah, I and I I like the founder of of Bumble. She took a bad experience that she had and said. F you guys, I'm gonna do this better, mm -hmm. right. and uh, really introduce something that's just taken off. I don't, right. I, they, they're doing really well. So that's something, and I think across any brand that takes an approach, and I'm not the type, the companies I've started are not groundbreaking science, they're mm -hmm. things, like my first company was a house call app. Jesus made house calls, like it wasn't, I wasn't doing anything groundbreaking, right. but by taking this old school mindset and applying technology to it, I suddenly had this ability to market it to young professionals, college right. students, busy moms. Um, and I just took this old approach and reintroduced it, repackaged it, and then made it more accessible. So I think the brands that are going to last are the ones that can do that really well and then adapt as they go. Right. And I think Bumble is one of those that did something, not necessarily groundbreaking, but uh, applied a different approach to it, and then they adapt as they yeah. as they continue on. So companies like that, I yeah. think, are the ones to look out for. You're like the female Gary Vaynerchuk. Like, I'm Thank sitting you. here listening to you, and, <laughs> and I listen to his podcast a lot, and, yeah. and the things he says just because he's so raw and blunt yeah. about everything. But um, I wanted to be here for Halloween. I worked really hard on my... Um, on my, Gary, on my Gary... That's I need. need. A, I need a <laughs> it's got to be a little bit longer and saggy. And I need, like, some... <laughs> Ear pods you always have. And maybe like AirPods. a voice changer to make it a little bit higher. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, if you're watching say, Gary, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, Gary. And I wanted to call myself Gary because people say that all the time. And I love Gary, but I also, I also hate him sometimes. Like, we get we'll sometimes I'm like, sometimes I'm like, hey, I I think his I think his vision and his voice is really important to people who are just trying to take that mm -hmm. leap. Uh, but there are some things I'm like, Gary, tie it back, bring bring it just back, bring it back, bring it back a little bit. Right. Um, not everyone has to eat shit for first 20 years of his yeah. life to, to make it. But he, he's got a chip on his shoulder and that's yeah. why. It's because he, it he had to sit in his dad's wine shop and sell wine and he, one day he was like, Dad, you know <laughs> he what? He wants I'm everybody else to suffer. He wants right. everyone to suffer. And yeah. I had, the bosses I worked for in New York, I really hope they're not watching this, but they did the same thing to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, no, he, I mean, I, I read up on him a little bit and he started out his dad's wine shop and he yeah. said one day, you know, I'm going to put this online. And sell yeah. it online. It was one of the first e-commerce shops. Mm -hmm. And then the next thing, he's like, "Well, I'm going to try and promote this through social media." So he was ahead of the curve for every single thing. Yeah. I mean, even Bitcoin. I don't want to get into that. How much he made off that? But yeah. um, you know, and, and, and you talking about getting ahead of the curve and doing things like that, I think yeah. is, is really what's going to keep brands in it too. And um, but it's so hard to find that next groundbreaking thing. So yeah. why not just take something that's hasn't exactly broken ground yet and yeah. make it better? Yeah. And then just yeah. piggyback. Yeah. yeah. My friend who does. Uh, he does web design and development, uh, mm -hmm. user experience stuff as well. He calls it the skateboard effect. Hmm. Have you seen this? I'll no. Just, I mean, I'll just send it to you to post. Yeah. Um, but it's taking a concept that already exists and adding on to it. So you take the skateboard and you build it into a motorcycle right. versus mm -hmm. start, starting with nothing and then trying to find two wheels and then trying to connect things. And so you take this concept that's existing and improve it um, yeah. over time. So it's I'll just like, send you that. It's a cool graphic. Okay. I mean, it's very straightforward, but it's, it's a skateboard effect. And I like that. It's like product extension. Yeah. yeah. Like I seen, I saw a commercial the other day for Reese's peanut butter. They're actually making peanut oh. butter now. It's like, that seems like a natural extension mm -hmm. because they're making the candy. They're putting peanut butter, presumably, yeah. in the candy. Yeah. Right. 
why not sell the peanut butter as is? Because people are yeah. working. It's a whole other revenue stream. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. It's about finding those revenue streams and tweaking it and yeah. coming up with well, something new. I, mean, something I was playing a, a, a party game last night. My girlfriend's family was in town for her birthday. And um, they one of the questions was, what is Volkswagen known for other than making cars? Or maybe they're not known for. What is their other revenue stream that they had early on? And I what bet is it? ketchup and sausage. What? what? So there's Volkswagen sausages. Look it up. Very metallic tasting, I'm sure. Oh. I'm exhausted talking about it. Okay, no more puns. Um, but you know, it's it's things like that. People people will try their hand at anything if yeah. they have the capital to do it. But yeah. it needs know, to make sense, right? But being a millennial and coming into the working world in debt, yeah. I mean, a lot of these people have had old family money to build these. How do you yeah. how do you build from scratch, so to speak? I mean, you, you've kind of you've done what a lot of people dream of doing as a millennial and yeah. building up multiple companies and, yeah. and working and your way up the yeah. you know the, the ladder at your company and you know it's not easy to do and yeah. I know a lot of it takes passion and effort but you know it, it takes the capital too so how did, how did you build uh, what you have now from you know yeah, at an early I, age I think something that's really important is I never I would never want to take credit for doing any of this on my own and I think that's it's right. cliche to say but I really can't um, the app <laughs> the app company, uh, the very first uh, on-demand urgent care app I helped build, I had this great physician who brought the medical experience. His wife was the mm -hmm. uh, the voice of reason to keep us all on track. And we were just trying to build something. And that was literally from nothing. I mean, we, we that was from scratch. But we took a concept and built it from there. So that's one group. The Dallas Millennial Club, I've got this incredible group of people who are way smarter and faster than I am um, to help build that out. Um, and I think just le learning really early on that I don't need to have that background. Mm -hmm. um, I have a biology and chemistry background, was headed to medical school and said, skirt, I don't want to go into debt trying to help people. <laughs> um, I need to figure out a good balance. I want right. still want to help people, but how can I do it on a larger scale without being six figures in debt mm -hmm. at 25 years and old? And not be on call. Yeah, yeah, and not be on call all the time. Um, so. I wanted to be able to help people in that way, and um, so I chose not to go to medical school and do something different, but I took my core foundations of, of biology and chemistry and kind of the foundations of what makes a system in biology work. Mm -hmm. If it doesn't work at the cellular level, it's not going to work at the larger functional level, right. and I do that with all of my businesses. Right. So something I'm really, really passionate, passionate about is the experience, mm -hmm. whether it be, for me, it's a lot of it's in healthcare, so the patient experience. If the first ad they interact with or the first website they see is shit or it's not, it doesn't explain things very mm -hmm. well, right off the bat, the patient has skewed expectations of how right. this is gonna happen. And so applying those little core concepts to any of the businesses I think have been, and I always call it the common sense approach. People always expect me to come in and rip their stuff apart and introduce a groundbreaking thing no one's ever right. heard of. Yeah. And I'm just not that way, I'm not that smart. I'm very much about common sense approach and listening to the customers you already have mm -hmm. and getting feedback in that hmm. way. When I think, I think, and I'm going to relate this to something in my life, I, I was told once that I'm terminally unique in my head. <laughs> and that I think that's the problem with millennials is yeah. we come into the, the workforce and we're like, we're going to revolutionize something. Yeah. We're so unique that nobody else can do it. Yeah. And I'm going to keep trying to be unique until I die. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's just not going to work. It, something camp comes from something. You, yeah. you didn't get a car um, to, to run without the, the oil that somebody dug up years ago. I don't even know if that's how it works. I'm not from <laughs> Texas, but um, you know, it's the, the wheel. Yeah. That was reinvented a long time ago. And yeah. they always say reinvent the wheel. Yeah. And that's a perfect expression for how you need to, to yeah. come into the career. It's, it's, you're, you're never going to develop something new. It's always yeah. going to be based on somebody else's idea. And if you think you have, then you're delusional. So yeah. Interesting. I apologize, dad. <laughs> Sorry, dad. <laughs>
But um, that's that's kind of how I see it. And yeah. Some people may say it's a cynical viewpoint, but you know, once we can accept that we're never going to be unique or find something groundbreaking, I mean, yeah. unless you. Are you saying we're not all special snowflakes? <laughs> no. I thought that's what I was told. I was told there'd be trophies. I was told I could do anything I wanted, yeah. and <laughs> now I'm stuck in marketing. So I think I think you asked about like the progression and my current company and how mm -hmm. that's come about, and I think it's because I I actually do consider myself super. I'm the youngest person at any table I set up I, in any company I've been in. I can only imagine. And I get eyes on me like, well, what's a sixth grader do doing here, <laughs> telling us you know how to how to approach this uh, right. strategy? And I kind of I used to be super self-conscious about it. I mean, right. I already, I look super young. I don't have a ton of experience. I don't have those 10 years or a master's degree, but what I do have is hustle. Mm -hmm. I am creative and I'm a problem solver. Yeah. Like hand anything to me, I'm going to rip it apart, put it back together and make it a little bit more seamless. And well, and you're personable in a, in a world that people are afraid yeah. to be personable in. Yeah. I mean, the way digital is, is conformed and not conformed has, yeah. has made us is, I don't even want to get on the phone. The only time yeah. I ever answer the phone is if it's my mom or my dad. Yeah. I don't even answer my girlfriend's calls. I'm like, just text me. And <laughs> just text me. It's about Star Yeah. No, I think that's one of the m most important things is that we were talking yeah. about your personality kind of before you came over. Uh, and it, one of the things that we talked about is that you're extremely personable. And that's mm -hmm. such, such an underrated skill. And I kind of want to bring it back to the Bumble discussion in that yeah. way. Um, it's a technology, Tinder, Bumble, these things that are increasingly making us more disconnected. Mm -hmm. And the the things you're doing with Dallas Millennial Club and getting getting these people out and about talking yeah. to each other, yeah. talk about how important that is to stay in front of people, talk to them um, outside of the digital mm -hmm. world yeah. and what that does for everybody. Yeah. And, and that was uh, our very first event. We didn't even know, we, I mean, we knew we wanted to do something different for Dallas. There's a tons of, ton of networking groups and right. different events. You kind of just start to see the same people over again, you, uh, over and over again. And then you come home with 18 business cards and you're like, I don't know, what am I supposed right. to, you know? So then it's just impersonal in that way. Like I've gone to so many events where like someone's like, hi, I want to help you. I'm like, <laughs> you don't even know what they do. Are you right. asking me on a date? Are we going, what, you, what is this? <laughs> oh. And uh, are we going to work together? And it's always just very kind of off-putting. Yeah. And and I, I seriously have this fishbowl full of business cards where people are probably never going to call. Right. Because, and then you pick one out of a hat and, and you I prank pick call one them, out, right? and then sometimes <laughs> I pretend to, you know, I don't know, order a lot of pizzas, send them to their office. Oh, that would be um, actually, I'm going to be mad if somebody does Here, I'll give you my business card. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here, take out my whole stack. Um, um, but with the Dallas Millennial Club, the very first event we had, I, I wanted people to interact and leave there with. Mm -hmm something other than a business card. So I actually told people, like, please don't bring your business cards. Yeah, I don't. I want you to um, introduce yourself. I want your name tag to be, not your name, I want you to write your passion and then what career and industry you work in. Because sometimes those two don't line up. Mm, like I know plenty of people who do. work in real estate. Or I, just, I just met this guy who's spent years in real estate, but his heart is in fashion. So he's opening up a brick and mortar custom suit Weird. shop. Four like, real estate what? agents? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Shit. Okay. Um, but he said, you know what, I just, that's, I tried it, I did it, I don't love it, yeah. but I love fashion and I love and, apparel. And here's the thing that my dad harps on me, is like, just because you're good at it, mm -hmm. doesn't mean you have to like it. Mm -hmm. And you know, I, I, I've tried to force myself into a hole yeah. through my, out my career, like, do social media, do social media, you're good yeah. at it, you grew up with it, but I don't know if it's my passion. Yeah. <laughs> Brian, please don't watch this because I know that's my job. <laughs> but um, you know, my, my passion is, is people and, yeah. and my real passion is acting, but. I'll never get on that, um, unless... I don't know, Spielberg I saw the, the agency video. That was, good. that was a good one. I'm the blushing. New Yorker accent. Hey, you know what you're going to do, huh? <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's, 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 it's a common belief that if you're good at something, you have to do it. Yeah. And then, you know, 
you're 45 and you realize, I hate my job and mm -hmm. I've been doing computer programming for 30 years, but yeah. I want to be a soccer player. I mean, yeah. I know that's not realistic because yeah. you can't play soccer at 45, um, but you know, it's, it's, it's that kind of mindset that you got to be kind of courageous and say, you know what, just because I'm good at it, I want to go try something else and, and yeah. learn a little bit more. And, and the way I've kind of operated my career is I want to try little different parts of an agency. Yeah. Like I found that I really like business development. Mm -hmm. I love learning about how to, how to operate a company and how to build yep. that. And you know, just because I'm good at the digital side doesn't mean that's what I'm going to do yeah. forever. Yeah. Hmm. What did we talk, did we talk about native advertising the other day? You and I did, yeah. So with, with Currency, with that group, I always tell people when they want to come on for a project or I'm looking to hire someone for a project, I'm like, okay, tell me what you're good at, but tell me more so what you actually like to do. Mm -hmm. I, can ad, I can run an AdWords campaign all day. Probably could do some native mm -hmm. ads, ad roll, all this stuff. I hate <laughs> tracking all that. Mm -hmm. like, oh. It's such a, a lot of maintenance. I don't get to really be creative. Right. I'm just really trying to not get flagged by Google for X, Y, and Z and help. Especially in the medical profession. Oh, it's so hard. I, I don't know if you remember the difficulties we ran into trying to do campaigns for you guys. I can't before and after pictures for weight loss. Nope. nope. And you can't mention I can't weight loss. talk about weight loss and weight loss. And <laughs> it was, it's not my thing. Like it yeah. is just not my thing. So I always tell people in any, in any job that I'm hiring for, it's like, right, great. Right. I know, I see what you're good at. Awesome. Tell me more so what you're actually really passionate about or right. what long term, where you want to be. And I think that's something for millennials too, is where you're at right now doesn't necessarily depict where you're going to be in five years. You can. I think that's the beauty of this time right now is you can really make a name for yourself doing whatever the hell right. you want to do. Mm -hmm. um, I've got friends who have awesome full-time corporate jobs and they're amazing food bloggers on the side of Dallas. They get paid to eat uh, whatever they want, whenever they want. It kind of pisses you know? me off when I see stuff like that it too. It is angering. Like, <laughs> I could totally do that, but you beat me to it. Now yeah. I'm going to go home and eat the food you're showing me have and you ever, cry there, about it. There's a lot of commitment that goes into influence. Like, because you got to get a gym membership. Oh, they work hard. you got to wear makeup. I mean, you got to have a full-time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll take pictures of myself all day long, but I'm not guaranteeing no. that I'll eat food. Um, <laughs> I always wonder with food bloggers, I know I'm, the ones that are kind of coming up that yeah. aren't quite there yet, I'm like, do they pay for all of it themselves? Because they're I see some people on Instagram that are just going out to these fancy restaurants, and I'm like, mm -hmm. do they have agreements yet with these restaurants? Yeah. Are they paying them, or are they just going freestyle for a while until yeah. somebody pays them? Yeah. I think I they, they have, I just, uh, one of our panels coming up is all about like getting started in, in that field, and mm -hmm. I had a great conversation with this girl who's like, we just didn't see anything for months. Right. Like, yeah. Nobody was, cared what we had to say. Yeah. Um, we had no followers, no brand, agree nobody was paying for, for anything. Mm -hmm. And that's what weeds out the people who are really committed to that and who aren't. Right. Um, is you kind of have to uh, grind. I mean, really, the content's it's not easy. If you're no. good at I mean, if, you, if, if you're doing good work, I mean, it takes really, it's thought. It's a thoughtful process. Yeah, right. So um, the people who, who do really well are just committed to it. And they kind of just know they're not going to hear anything for a little while and, yeah. and then they do and then they, then they get paid by whoever to go I, want, I want to look at the flip side real quick and I'm going to ask a question that um, maybe different yeah. okay you may not agree with but do you think that the way technology is has gone since let's say the early 90s to now has almost um, encouraged or at least force people to adapt to a more complacent and lazy lifestyle. And when they come out of college, they think they can just continue to do that. Great example is, is YouTube people, people trying to become social media famous. You get people mm -hmm. trying to, to, to rip off the Kardashian gimmick. And yeah. do, do you think Liners. that it's encouraged it and that uh, like it doesn't take effort anymore to do things? Cause I know I thought that kind of that same process. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to say I was born with a silver spoon in my mouth, but I definitely had that instant it was gratification. Gold. It was gold. Yeah, it was gold. Goals. It was platinum. <laughs> no, it was it was uh, Bitcoin. Mm. I was born with a Bitcoin mm -hmm. in my mouth. Mm -hmm. um, but um, 
Do you agree with that at all? Because I know you're in the same boat as us, and you yeah. came in. I'm sure you had a different mindset than me, because I'm kind of a cynic. But I can't, I, well, I got out of college like in a weird space. I didn't. Outer space. Got, it was yeah. outer space. Uh, in the medical field, it's different. You kind of just you don't get to be cool in the medical field. <laughs> what? You just don't. You don't walk out, and people aren't. You don't become Instagram. Well, then you're a misrepresentation. <laughs> I. Uh, it was one of those where I didn't even think personal brand development, right. or what I could even do right. uh, with my voice. And um, believe it or not, I used to be super shy and really didn't want to tell anybody anything. I was, I mean, just really secluded in a way uh, in my middle school, just from moving and all of that. Mm -hmm. It was, it was kind of hard to. Yeah. want to be open and then I watch people in the medical field and other industries be really vocal about their mm -hmm. thoughts and I was like you know what that could be me yeah. so I start talking and start asking questions and I think most of the opportunities I've gotten since graduating from college have just been I've asked for opportunities um, and say hey well, how can I help you I mean this what is that, can I do? that's how I got my job here yeah. and I, so I didn't know Brian our owner I, I reached out to him on LinkedIn this yeah. was when I first moved here three years ago yeah. dropped him a note yeah you know, he didn't hear anything back. Thanks, big guy. Um, and you know, a couple years later, I reached back out to him and said, "Hey, man, I'm you know I'm looking for a job. I'm looking to transition out of my my former role." Yeah. And believe it or not, he he calls me in. He's like, "Yeah, I remember you linking with me." And same thing with the job I had before that. I reached yeah. out to to my former boss over there when I first got to Lubbock. Didn't hear anything for a year. Then they reached out yeah. back to me. Hey, there's a new job here. Yeah. You know, you reached out. We remembered you. So th there is still a very old fashioned way to to, to get a job. Yeah. You have to go out there and you have to ask for it. You can't just expect it to come and just apply online yeah. and send your resume out and boom, you got the job. You mm -hmm. have to put in the effort. You have to you have to meet the employer halfway. Yeah. It's just not. You can't you know, just send a word document and an email and then. Just I tried, man. I sent a Microsoft Paint document <laughs> once. Here's my cover letter. I drew you a picture. So networking is important, though. I think I, it's incredibly important, but yeah. but. It's hard for people like us to go network with people like the people that are, you know, the owners of the companies, the 50, the 60, 70 yeah. year olds, the baby boomers. And, you know, that that's why I think what you're doing is so great with this Millennial Club is yeah. it's, it's giving people um, a platform to, to be more comfortable and confident with people who yeah. they know are just like them. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's what's so amazing about it and why it's taken off is because it, it's basically taking people out of their comfort zone and putting them in a new comfort zone to where they can yeah. feel more comfortable, but mm -hmm. in a professional mindset. Um, mm -hmm. And you know, they can mature with with the people that are just like them, as yeah. opposed to being forced up this this glass ceiling, yeah. not glass ceiling, but you know what I mean, elevator, <laughs> I you. escalator. Uh, but your your question about um, like coming out of, or I think social social, and I guess easily being easily accessible online. Um, I think people people are working really, like my little brother is all of he's got his own <laughs> following. I mean he's hysterical. Um, my friends are like really committed to it, and they're 14. I'm like, if you guys could just commit to school for right now, that'd be great. I want yeah, you to get to yeah. college, <laughs> um, you know. And then and then high school. So I think um, I see it two two ways. I see good things about it, and I see bad things about it. I think having social and having um, building a presence there is accessible and almost too accessible in some ways for the wrong people. Yeah. Um, but I also think it's a really powerful opportunity to do what we've all done here is ask for opportunity for people we may not have to be easily accessible face-to-face. Mm -hmm. uh, -face. Right. So you reached out to somebody you've never met in person. Uh, Reshape found me, I think, off of a news segment or something on LinkedIn that mm -hmm. I, I didn't even know how to use LinkedIn. I'd either, like, I'd been in school or started my own company. And I, I ignored my poor HR girl. She was emailing and saying, hey, we'd like to talk to you. We're interested. And um, in Southern California, is really, like, I would have never... Like, this isn't real. Yeah, I was like, what? I don't know how to respond. Um, and that was cool. So I want, I want people to see social as a way that yes, you now are easily accessible by anybody, mm -hmm. but use that to your advantage. You, it's Flip opportunity. It and 
direct message Gary Vee because he might respond. And ask your questions to whoever. You know, mm -hmm. get use it in that way mm -hmm. versus I'm trying to really build myself and look awesome on, on YouTube. I, I think the right people mm -hmm. can do it, but not everybody. Yeah. And, and you know, some people are lucky. They're fortunate. They're the rare ones that can just barely finish high school and then be Bill Gates or, you know, they have their, their dad knows somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody. Oh, I don't yeah. know what song that is, but I love quoting it. Um, yeah. and, and, and he gets you that job. But, you know, I feel more accomplished when I earn something and I know I earned it. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing is just go out there and earn it. Honestly. I mean, I don't know if you yeah. agree with that because, you know, we, we, we grew up very differently. I think, I think you've had a different push and pull and you know my parents have done different things with me what, what are your thoughts on it um yeah i'd agree i think my situation is a little bit different um i well i got to school later in life um community college yeah community college i worked my way up that didn't go to college right away um but once i got to texas tech i looked at other people and i looked and see where they were going in the job market mm -hmm. and too often did i see people just graduating college with no extracurriculars, with nothing, and expecting a job. Mm -hmm. right. And I saw that that wasn't no working. Yeah. And I was like, I can't do I can't not just expect a degree to get it. Yeah. Right, and they're still living on their check. couch at their parents' house working at a tanning salon. And, oh. I, and no I hope a lot of people don't think that today still, but in case you do, um, join any kind of clubs. Like yeah. it, Networking is so important. I joined an advertising team. Um, I got experience that way, and then yeah. that helped me uh, develop relationships with faculty and then those faculty that knew young professionals in the market yeah. hooked me up with an internship and jobs and all the everything i've ever received for employment was through collegiate networking or mm -hmm. getting to know people and then them finding out about jobs that way and then just kind of building my reputation to where they they wanted to refer me to these right. people and they were the ones that reached out to me they were like, i've got someone great That's to awesome. give to you and you, so you made it easy yeah. on yourself and yeah. you did it the right way I kind of real quick want to talk about doing it the wrong way because yeah. I definitely did it the wrong way. I, yeah. I was, you know, I, I screwed my way around into college. God, that sounded really weird. Can we cut that? <laughs> no. I screwed around and got... How did it fall it. into just college? Take, just take a moment and rephrase. Because it sounded like I was just screwing in college and then got graduated. Um, Let me put this back uh, I was a knucklehead in college and, you know, just I, I did enough to pass. I, I was yeah. always doing the bare minimum because I didn't want to work for it. And... You know, that's why I had to take an unpaid internship out of college. I didn't have an internship. I had a job as an intramural soccer referee. That was the only thing I had on my resume. Um, that's a lot of work. Yeah, and somehow I got a job in New York. I don't know. Yeah. But, you know, just because you have the interpersonal skills doesn't mean that, that you're just going to get a job right out of school without right. any extra career activities. Um, you know, if you, if, if, if you have ambitions to have a salary job right out of college, you have ambitions to, you know, to, to make six figures. I don't know if people will be making that yet right out of college, but there's always hope. Yeah. Um, but you know, do do how Stephen did it, and, and that that's helpful. It's one way, but really, it boils down to the same things that we all three did. Um, yeah. It's just working hard. There's and, no wrong way to do it. Let's yeah. put it that way. Yeah. No, it's just working hard, grinding, um, not accepting no, and setting your mind to a goal, and and kind of relentlessly um, making your way towards mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Um, don't give up, and you can't just things aren't going to come to you. I mean, I know people probably say this ad nauseum, but. Um, you know, you can you can make your own destiny in this world, and everybody's a great individual, and they have the power to make um, their own destiny. In my yeah. opinion, I think so too. Cool. Do you have any questions for us? Um, I want to see if you guys agree with this. I I, I think sometimes people will say um, there's no wrong way to do it, and I agree. I think you can kind of okay. take your own spin on things. Mm -hmm. Something I always ask people uh, is how they want to impact a business. Mm. 
as a for as a position like mm -hmm. talk to me about like maybe you don't even know what industry or what type of role you want to be in but how do you want to actually impact a business and by asking that i think people have to suddenly be aware of how they actually want to contribute to something and the wrong way to go about it is to just say well i'll just want i just want to do whatever i mean how can i you know yeah. I just whatever you want me to do whatever you know yeah. whatever but i think that no matter what your background is or your experience, if you have that in mind, I think you can really sell yourself or at least package yourself in a way to contribute to a business. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what I did with Reshape. It's like, hi, I don't have a ton of years of experience, um, but the way I want to help you is I want to help grow recurring revenue. I want to drive more patients to these doctors so that they come back and order more product and mm -hmm. order more of the devices and we help more patients. Because that was kind of slow. And I said, I want to be able to help you do that so you're more attractive to an investor. And six months later, we were acquired by another company. Yeah. Um, so it was like, how can I, how can I contribute, and in that way, and I think being thoughtful, um, and that even in college, like starting to think about that, how do I want to contribute? Maybe I don't know what industry, what role I really like the title that I want to have, mm -hmm. but how do I, how do I want to contribute to a business, mm -hmm. someone else's or my own? And I think that's the right way to think about it, and you really can't go wrong there. If you no. have that figured out, then you can kind of go your own path. Yeah, that's yeah. a really, really good point. Yeah. Um, I agree with that 100%. Um, I'm really thinking about how do I want to contribute? Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I want salary? Yeah, I just clock in, clock out. That's yeah. all I did. No. Um, but really, uh, I when I first started my first job out of college in that agency, um, I was hired on in the media department, the only person doing it. They, at the time, did not have digital media. They didn't do any of it. And, um, you know, my boss kind of approached me and I kind of was envisioning this to him. Um, starting uh, the digital media and kind of bringing that agency into the 21st century and getting them to do a whole new revenue stream and that, that continues still to this day even though I'm not there anymore. So I wanted to bring something that they didn't have. I didn't want to just be an employee that showed up yeah. even as a first year, first entry level person that most people might be like, oh, I could just, you know, kind of, you know, stay under the, under the, you know, on the sidelines, so to speak, yeah. and just kind of on the wall. under the radar. That's a good way to put it. Um, but I didn't want to do that. I'd probably stick my nose where it doesn't belong too much. And I think that's a good thing to a degree if <laughs> yeah, you can if extent. you can balance it. Um, but kind of make waves and, and figure out how, how am I going to be different than the person they had last in this position mm -hmm. or the people that they'll have in the future. Um, and part of it is like, I want to be the best. That's, that's kind of what drives me is I don't, I don't want to be second fiddle to anybody. And if you have that in mind, you can approach problems in different ways and, and figure out, well, what's been done before, what's going to be done in the future, or what, what can I bring personally? Um, what do I have that can make this business better and maybe attach those specific advantages you have to that business. And that's a yeah. quick link to kind of yeah. And I've actually been asked that question in interviews before. I've, I've had a lot of jobs. Um, and I, I get asked that, that question. Many. You got a lot of jobs. Oh, you should see my resume. My resume is very small. <laughs> but it's not, a bad, it's not a bad thing. No, it's like, not. Mine's I, on a scroll. I get the job and I stay there as long as I can. See, <laughs> I, I, I get impatient. I get impatient. I I, I've, I don't longest know. I've ever worked anywhere is a year and then I move on. Oh. Brian, I'm... <laughs> Brian, please. <laughs> um, but, you know, that that's how I operated. And, yeah. You know, and, and... Do you think that hurts you or helps you? Funny you say that. So another question I get is, yeah. you've worked in a lot of different places. Yeah. What? Why did you move around so much? And my answer is this: is, you know, I, I'm, I like moving around. I like finding new things. Yeah. I, new is always better. But I, I did it because I wanted to learn every little bit of an agency. Because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, my my ultimate dream is to do this on my own one day yeah. and have my own company and build it and pioneer something. Yeah. And that's what I want to do. And every time I'm asked, I'm like, I just want to pioneer. I want to do something that nobody's done. And that goes back to the terminally unique thing, but. 
you know, in, in the vein that it's it's something that someone's done, but building off of that. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't invent digital media, but I'm going to try and do something different with it. Just like yeah. you know, Gary Vee and, and the voice the voice that he's investing in, and you know, he he believes that's going to be everywhere. But you know, right now it's only within certain little speakers and phones and you know things like that. So. You know, soon we'll probably see it on dishwashers, ovens, and yeah. I refrigerators. Mean, your dog will probably have one around his neck. That oh. would be amazing. Mm. That would. What do you think they're saying? We can cut that. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I think that's a great question. And, yeah. You know, I've always considered myself a good interviewer, and I can bullshit my way through anything. Yeah. Um, not saying I do, but. But I think you really got packaging. What? Yeah. You can. I mean, a lot of people could sit there. I, I had this conversation not that long ago. Is I had this girl apply for something, and she was like nine months somewhere, and she had these all these fancy titles. And I was like, are these? Real? Are real titles? <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. why, why would you be the director of X for six months and then leave and be the director? I mean, she had all these fancy titles. And I was like, you know, like, tell me about this. She had no really good way to explain. Mm-hmm. And so it led me to think, like, ooh, I don't, know if she's been, I don't know if she's been fired. I don't know yeah. if she's just gotten bored and left. And I don't want to hire someone who's not committed to um, to to the, the vision of what we're trying mm-hmm. to do. Yeah. So if she had said to me, I wanted to, kind of like you said, I want to learn a lot I want mm-hmm. to get different skills from different industries and then I want to combine them in a way mm-hmm. that would have been a different story for me so I think if you can pack it's all it's <laughs> all with how you really want to yeah how you package yourself and I think that goes really across your uh, personal brand I always talk about that and I didn't even I think it's such a, a, not a cliche we hear it all the time it's like brand development and who you are and brand yourself mm-hmm. and all of this and companies um, life of the brand yes um, but how can you really frame who you are as an individual mm-hmm. um, well enough that you can take it to any industry, right. or any city, um, and make it relevant? And I think yeah. the brands and the people that are going to last the longest can do that. Well, and, and, and I want to step into something because this was just something really cool that I you know, had originally talked to Brian about when I first started was how do I bring a big market mindset to a really small market? Mm-hmm. And that was a tough question because... You know, when you're in a big market, you're working with large budgets. And yeah. when you're working with a large budget, budget your strategies, you have a little bit more room to, to be creative. You you're, you have all this money that can kind of do the work for you a little bit. Yeah. But you get to work with these small budgets. Your strategies have to be really, really, really pinpoint accurate. Mm-hmm. and To grow them. There's, yeah. a, there, yeah. there's not a lot of room for, for um, error because these budgets are so small with such small companies that this could be the last time they could afford it. And if it doesn't work, then you're out. If it yeah. works, great. But, you know, and... In working from New York and coming to Lubbock, it's a completely different mindset. It's also oh, yeah. a lot more laid back, but I've learned a lot more about myself working here. I've learned how to be a professional. Um, I, kind of. I'm kind of. I do this on the <laughs> side and say fuck shit ass all the time, but you know. Um, in it's, that order. In that order. Well, sometimes. Like tic-tac-toe <laughs> for me. Um, but you know, I've, I've, I've learned, you know, what and what not to say in a conference room meeting. You know, I, I, I learned these little things about myself, but the biggest thing I've learned through the last six years of being a professional is... You know, I got to kind of level my pride a little bit mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. be open to criticism and, yeah. and not take it personally. The biggest issue and the biggest um, cog in the wheel that any company I've ever worked at is there's always going to be someone that's going to take something personally, and they're and it's always going to it's it's going to affect the client and or it, you know if you don't work with clients, it's going to affect the product you put out. Yeah. Um, and and if I had one piece of advice is go into your career. Don't take things personally and work as hard as you can and, you know, watch the clock every Monday or Tuesday, but don't do it on the other days um, and, and you'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> do, you agree, do you agree with that statement uh, that if you love what you do, you'll never have to work in a day in your life? How do you feel about that? Yes and no. How do you feel about it? It's, it's the difference between happy and joy. Happiness and joy. Mm-hmm. Happiness is fleeting, but joy is forever, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Um, 
because you can't be happy 24 seven. That's unreal. Yeah. So I, I don't know if it's, I believe it, yeah. but I don't believe it's, it's, you know, as, as full circle as they make it sound. I right. think, I think you're going to have those times where you're going to do shit you don't want to do. You're yeah. going to have to get your, your, your pant legs dirty. You're going to have to shovel shit. You're going to have to do the things that you don't want to do, but you know, that that's part of building. It's not all going to be fun. You can't enjoy every day of your life. And if you believe that you're, Delusional. No offense if you believe that. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> curious. Uh, I see it all the time. Uh, I, there's this. There's um. What do I want to call it? Um. In Dallas, we have this thing we call the thirty thousand dollar millionaire. Do you mm -hmm. guys know about? I know you about probably it, know yeah. about this. Mm -mm. Where these. It sounds enticing. Guys, girls who uh, feel like they're about. I mean their position, whatever company they're in, they, they act like they're like the CEO of that mm -hmm. company, even though they're probably like scrubbing the floors at night, whoever, whatever it is. And they have this like, like I'm gonna be a mogul uh, in Dallas. And they come in like super hot with mm -hmm. these like cliche. And I see there's this one page on Instagram, always shows up on my Explorer page. Maybe because I think what I wanna follow it. I can't Gary remember what Pete? it is. <laughs> it's not Gary Vee. And they post these like super cliche, like entrepreneur, and they get a ton of interaction like a ton of likes and engagement and like in a positive way like people agree with it oh, and one what? of the things was like and it's it's called like it's like a millionaire mindset or something like that and one of the posts the other day was was that that saying and i see it all i mean i see it framed in things yeah. when i go into the dentist's office and i'm like i know that dentist has bad days um <laughs> and he doesn't love doing this all the time why is no. this here no, that's um, bullshit. Yeah. yeah so i i personally i love what i do i love all the different groups i get to work with but sometimes it's exhausting sometimes right. you enjoy getting and off sometimes work and coming home. i am so ready for a sunday and not to you know not to do anything and mm -hmm. to watch curling or take a nap or take a quick snooze um long snooze and i'm <laughs> and i'm totally comfortable with taking time off i didn't used right. to be that way mm -hmm. um because i think you deserve a break and i think at our age it's really easy we have a lot of energy i mean i don't have as much energy as i used to mm -hmm. but i think it's really careful that's what that's what i disagree with gary about yeah when he's like don't sleep treat monday like it's a sad i just saw this one that was like oh, i'm gonna yeah. make monday my bitch and i'm like dude He's like, if you're not working 23 hours out of the yeah, day, yeah, yeah. But that's him projecting his own experience. Yeah, which I get. But then I hear these people are like, oh, I haven't slept in 13 days or not 13, and uh, hours or you know, and I'm like, hey, then they hashtag Gary's name and they're like so proud of themselves. Like, look, you also have to be careful right. about burning out and be. I don't think you're doing your best work when you're slaving away to a project mm -hmm. that, you know, even if you're really passionate about it. I want people to like step back and take care of themselves as mm -hmm. well because this the millennial group generation that we have we've got the most powerful buying power in the country right, right. and we will continue we're going to start buying houses so if those companies who are building homes or real estate if they don't shift to mm -hmm. cater to what we look for which mm -hmm. is customization mm -hmm. a smooth buying process transparency online buying don't you have to deal with the I agent i don't want to go into a place you know like if i can do everything at home and yeah touch things i'd rather do That's... i'd rather do this at, in the comfort of my home right. anyway things like that mm -hmm. that have catered more towards an older generation if they don't start adapting then they're gonna miss out well it's funny you say that my sister who who's moving to denver from manhattan um her and her husband are, are moving to denver they flew out from manhattan yeah we used to live change. we used to live right over there together i'm a triplet actually so we all kind of what? spread out as we went we grew up in la and then my sister went to san so francisco cool. yeah. i went to new york the other one went to atlanta are you not a triplet are you no i'm not me neither i wish that would be so fun to put you guys all in the oh, same room oh god i have two sisters <laughs> um but um uh, but they're they're moving they're moving to denver um because yeah. we went to college out there um, yes i went to school with my sisters can't explain it um 
but it's triplet. I, it's like triplet connection. Yeah, yeah I've, twins have weird yeah. things. Like, yeah. We're very codependent people, especially when you're born a minute apart. It mm. kind of helps. Um, and I'm not gonna mention how codependent my mother is. Oh, we can cut that. Actually, she'll probably enjoy Sorry, it. Um, <laughs> but they uh, they they rented a house via video. So, so the real estate agent sent them a video of a house yeah. and they said, we'll take it. Yeah. That's cool. And That's what my realtor right now, I'm looking for a, uh, a townhome. My apartment, they can't open the windows and it's really, it's really mm -hmm. bothering me. Oh. So I, I literally told my guy, I said, windows I need open. you to find me a place. I don't care about anything else. Just make sure the window's open. And he was really nice and he's young. He's mm -hmm. probably my age. I'm not sure. So he gets it. Sorry, Tim. And uh, you look young. And he, <laughs> he said, well, if you're ever out of town, I know you're traveling, let me do a video and I'll send you the 3D or like, I'll send you a, mm -hmm. a viewing so you don't right. have to even be here. And th that way you don't miss out on the opportunity if you right. really like something. Yeah. And I was like, that's what we, I think, I hope that's what other brands pay attention to. Well, as, like, as I think the other people transition yeah. out and our age transitions in, it'll, it'll, it'll just casually yeah. go that way, I think. And yeah. then, then those who don't, I think will lose out on oh, sure. a, a big opportunity. So. The markets always correct themselves, so. If you're, if they'll adapt to that consumer buying yeah. preferences, or they'll fail. Right. Yeah, that's what's gonna happen. Yeah. Uh, should I do a quick end? Thanks. That's all the time we have today. <laughs> no, thanks for watching Life of the Brand, Christiana. We had a pleasure having you on. You've been yeah. an exceptional guest. This is the first time anybody's gotten me to work after hours. So, uh, but yeah, thank you for watching Life of the Brand. Uh, we'll have this uh, new episode out in a couple weeks. But enjoy this one while you can. Right? A couple weeks. Fine. Tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. Um, Follow us, oh shit, we can close together. You wanna close? Well, thanks for watching Life of the Brand. We really enjoyed having Christiana on today. She thanks, has been incredible. Um, and man, I'm really not doing this one very well. Thanks for watching. Oh, come on. <laughs> I, wanna, I wanna be unique. No one's unique, Terminally right? unique. Thanks for watching Life of the Brand today, and Christiana. I got, well, give me one more try. Right. Just be natural. I'm trying. Well, thanks for coming in. Oh my god. <laughs> There's a lot of pressure. Thanks for watching Life of the Brand today and Christiana you... Now I want Oh, to I, got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. I'm almost there. <laughs> thanks for watching Life of the Brand. Special thanks again to Christiana and Gabra. Yeah, thank Yibra, you. Uh, for <laughs> for coming on and yeah. uh, being a part of our show and and um, giving some some great information and and talking about the Dallas uh, Millennial Club. I almost said Buyers Club, that's a movie. <laughs> uh, and currency her her consultancy agency. So, uh, just thanks again for being here and yeah. um, that'll close it out for today. Don't forget to like, comment, and or share. Follow us on YouTube. <laughs>